This is Steph. You're watching Bird's Eye View, and the choice is yours. Welcome, another interview of Bird's Eye View. Uh, you know what I'm about to say. This is going to be a good one, interesting one, because this time we got the other half of prisoners, man. Just go off, man. Just let them know who you are, where you from. Yeah, yeah man, Stevie. I mean, I think a few people watching the video, you know what I'm saying, they know, but uh, Stevie, Steph, Stephan, uh, you know, Jersey. Uh, called me Shy Town, Shy Rack, all of that. So uh, it's just I'm happy. I'm actually excited for this interview. Uh, it's been a long time in the making, to be quite yeah. honest. I felt like the forces that be were just trying to prevent this from happening, man. So right. I'm literally excited for this moment, bro. Yeah, me too, man. It's definitely gonna be a good one. So let's let's kick it off, man. Um, I want to ask you, um, what does incarceration like truly mean to you? Yeah, so incarceration is to me a a, a state of mind. Um, I could honestly say that I used to kind of feel like it had to do with the physical uh, location and being confined in walls, but I realized through through being incarcerated that it is a mental state um you can be on the outside of the walls and still be incarcerated um same goes for the inside and vice versa with that being said have you ever been incarcerated before yeah of course man of course man i've been incarcerated uh and i don't say of course uh saying like, well, I, there's, that's why I'm on here. I mean, I'm just assuming that, you know, people have kind of watched some of the other videos. But if this is the first video you're watching, go back and watch the other ones. But uh, yes, I was incarcerated um, for seven years. Um, mm. And it was a, a life-changing experience. Um, it changed my life for the worst and the better at the same time. Gift and a curse. All right, so um, in what ways, let's say, um, how was your life before incarceration? Before incarceration, man, uh, if I can just start like growing up. So growing up, man, I think I had a very good childhood, right? And I say that in all honesty, because like I had this loving grandmother, like she shielded me from the realities of what really was going on. Uh, I was always in church. Uh, she made sure that I had the best education that she could possibly give me. But at the same time, there was so much going on. Mm. Uh, yeah, from Chicago, South side of Chicago, uh, yeah. neighborhood I grew up in, it's called Murder Town. Um, both of my parents uh, were on drugs. Um, my father was in prison, in and out of jail in prison. Um, but that never I never felt like that affected me. 
I never felt like it affected me. And you know, so at the time or 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 now, like at the time? At the time, man. At the time, like in up until the very re like recent. Like I up I mean, I'm just now kind of saying, oh man, okay, so maybe that I'm accepting. Like maybe that did affect me. You know, yeah, maybe it did affect me. You know, I just I honestly, man, credit like and and, and here's maybe I could say it like this. Uh the person who I model a lot of my character after who is my grandmother. And you probably gonna hear me talk a lot about her this interview, but though I never I cannot recall moments in her life where she's like complained about anything or like where I even felt like she was going through anything hard. And when I look back, it's like she just never expressed it. She never expressed it. She never. So that's why growing up, you know, I feel like I I channeled some of that energy that she had to just continue to just go, just go and keep moving despite what's in front. And I, I do know she was doing a lot of it for me to help, you know, my, my, my what my eyes got to see. Um, okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's uh. It, it, she was a blessing, man. But but yeah, growing up definitely uh, was was something. And then so I went to I went to high, a good high school, uh, played sports, went to college, graduated. When I graduated, I moved out to New York. I always wanted to work in the music industry. Uh, I had this thing where, you know, I um, I would go in the music store. I would pick up a CD, right. and I would turn around to the back to see the names that were on the back. And I had a cousin who kind of, I mean, would see me doing it, didn't really understand how I explained it. Like, this name is on the back of a lot of these CDs. Wow. The artist that's on the front or their name is on the spine of the CD, they're just there, you know, on, on their records. But mm. these names on the back, these producers and these executive producers... Even the mastering engineer, I'm noticing all these names. Like, you know, I won't say any names, but all these names just keep reappearing, reappearing on oh, this album, this album, this album. I'm like, whoa, I want to do that. Yeah. So I did, I, I learned, what do I need to do to do that? I need to move to New York. I made that decision up. I moved to New York. I had, okay. um, I think my grandmother had given me some money to move right. out there. Uh, I had no promise of employment or I actually was going out there for an internship because it was required to uh, finish school. Had no promise or any, had no leads on anything. Just went out there. Who did you intern for? Who did I intern for? Yeah. Uh, I ended up interning for Columbia Records, uh, which is under Sony Music. And uh, that, that led to me actually getting hired by them when my internship was over. No, that's big. Yeah, yeah, it was a big thing for me, man. I'm not. I, it it, it kind of solidified, like, improved my that my reasoning and my decision to move out yeah. there made sense. So uh, that it was big, like you said. So I'm guessing you was um prior to incarceration, you was working for Columbia Records for Sony. Well, I wasn't working for Columbia Records um, at the time, but I was still working at Sony. Um, part of me wishes I could say, no, I wasn't working for Sony because then it, it might make sense to people. Like, well, why, you know, how, why, why, why would you do anything that would jeopardize right. that? 
You know what I'm saying? But nah, the truth is I was still working for them. I was working for them. I was literally work literally they literally were expecting me to come to work that that day I got arrested. When I got arrested, the officers were asking me questions and I'm like, well, man, you know, they probably wondering where I'm uh, at at work. You know, I was right. so concerned with calling them at work to tell them that I'm not coming in than right. anything else. Like that was one of my first thoughts when I got arrested. And that was my first time ever getting arrested too. So like my mind was just frazzled. I didn't know how to think in that situation probably, right. but that was my main concern was calling my boss to tell right. him I wasn't coming in. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. Man. It don't make sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, this is interesting for me, man. I, I want to know more, so let's 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 dive in and like, um, damn, like how like all right, so you you get locked up, yeah, like how do you even prepare to tell Sony like I'm not gonna make it in today because of because of right, like what do you tell them? I don't know. I don't know what I would have told. Them. And thank God I didn't even it didn't get to that point because okay, I ended up calling a friend who was also a co-worker and obviously he relayed the information or however the information got honestly man the information got relayed probably through the goddamn news you know what i'm saying i'm not that's the truth it got relayed through the news i don't know how most people found out but uh Thankfully, I didn't have to explain it to my boss, and I was able to tell my friend. And it was like I was so nonchalant with it. I, I was cocky with it. I felt like I was, yeah, man, just called such and such. Uh, my my my, I'm, I'll let you know what my bail's gonna be like. <laughs> yeah, mm. man, Twilight Zone. Hey, man. So, um, if you don't mind me asking, what um were you charged with? Like, I was charged with. You I was charged with robbery. Uh, bank robbery. robbery, yeah, bank robbery. Bank robbery on top of that, damn. Yeah, yeah. So bank, little bank robbery, yep. So um, I will walk us through it. You know, walk everything that happened. Walk me through. Okay, so <laughs> that's a funny question. Yeah, I was really gonna give you the answer. Yeah, so I walked in the bank and then I robbed it and that was it. Nah, but <laughs> <laughs> it's deeper yeah. than that, man. It's deeper than yeah. that. Um, so. Take us to the to the day of being arrested, right there. Day of day of being arrested. Um, I made a decision. Thankfully, right now, at the time of this interview, I understand a lot that I did not understand, even how to explain. A few months ago, right? I'll just be transparent, like. I've had to try to explain this to so many people, family, friends, and I've wanted to, to give them an understanding, but it's been difficult. It's been difficult because you have to relive the darkest points in your life. You know, when you made decisions that you don't even know how you made them, right? Not, not. I'm not speaking of like, oh, a blackout or, you know, um, this is a truly like mental 
disconnected. Um, I don't know the like scientific stuff behind it, but I can just tell you that it's been difficult to explain it because I've wanted to explain it so that people know that I want like I don't I don't want to be separated from you in terms of my openness with you. Right? So I just wanted to preface that because it's like very, only until recently have I been able to kind of figure out like, okay, well, how do you even explain something in the bed? And I've been trying to think for people. I've been trying to, I, I didn't want people to kind of be able to take us what I said and run off with it in this direction and run off with it in that direction. Um, I'm very guarded naturally. I've been like that as a, as a, as a human. You know, but as especially as a child, I was just guarded with so many different things. Um, and I'm guarded with some of the circumstances that led to that decision that were going on in my life. I'm guarded because some of those things are precious to me. Right. But I, 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 I led, I made, I made a decision and I ended up in a decision because I honestly felt like this it was the most least restrictive way of solving a problem, not solving a problem, but a need. Okay. And not hurting anybody directly. Now I'm not saying that pe people didn't get, that is my thinking at the time. New, so many people got hurt. People are still hurt. People still don't talk to me to this day because of the decision I made. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, well, I didn't do anything to you. Would you have pre mm. preferred for me to do it to you? Like, I, this this won't hurt anybody, right? Mm. And it's all for whatever the reason. It's not one specific reason. It was a it's a it was a need compounded with a circumstance, compounded with personal uh, uh, circumstances and situations. Somebody, anybody who goes in the bank to rob it, let's not not anybody. I think there are some people. I mean, it's crazy how it's glorified on one end, like in movies. It's like glorified. Yeah. It's like yeah, glorified. It's oh, the bank robber. Like, even right. some of the most famous bank robbers in history are like popularized. Oh, they went across the whole United States robbing banks, and then they didn't get caught until and Bonnie and Clyde. And it's like, right. you know, it, 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 but. I know I hurt so many people. And it's like, that is a, that is a thing for me. That, that's a, a personal thing for me, man. It sucks. It sucks, man. But uh, you have to understand, or I got to a point that I now understand that it's all for a purpose, man. Like I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you had not I gone through that. And I have no idea what tomorrow holds. I have no idea what plan, like what experience, what my experience is going to do and allow somebody to see and learn. Um, so I, I, I did what I, and guess what, bro? If you have a need and the need is money, where, where's the best place to go get it? Like, you right. know, if you had, right. if you got to add a comical twist to it, but I don't laugh much at it, but that's that man. So, and so the incident happens and then I uh, get apprehended, you know, okay. I get apprehended. Like they literally uh, 
find me, there was like a tracker. <laughs> there was a tracker that I guess was it put inside of the money, and then okay. they 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 track it. S supposedly, you know, that's that's a that's a I put quotes around it because there's so many things around it. I mean, I already did the time for it, so I could talk about it. I guess, you know, yeah. when when the facts came out, it was like the lawyer was like, "Well, did they know who they were looking for?" And I'm like, what do you mean? And the lawyer was like, actually, the lawyer made a special visit to me at the jail, called me out, said, hey, I just got this. I had to bring it to you and ask you. He said, hey, did anybody know? Like, did they know who they were looking for? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, because they said it was the tracker that led them to you. But the reports say that they stopped a car. That was exactly like your car, like five minutes before your car. And it happened to be the same type of car, the same color car. Said, well, what? How, how would that possibly happen? Five minutes before when you're traveling 80 miles an hour on the interstate. Right. So that was just one, you know, aspect yeah, yeah. of a lot of the funny business, man. But yeah, I got apprehended and they took me in and you know, it just that's that's kind of where it started. It got deep, deep from there, man. Yeah, so they're they're right there, walking through those doors now. Um, never been locked up before. Yeah, I never been locked. I never been arrested before that moment, man. Okay. Yeah. Now we're walking through these doors. Um. Oh, uh, to make wait, you're in you're in Jersey locked up, or you're in New York locked up? I'm in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. So, yeah, you, I think you're leading to the point that I'm not, like, from New Jersey. I'm living right. in New right. York. I am locked up in New Jersey. And that did complicate the, my situation. Okay, yeah. So now, from Chi-Town, flew out for the internship, got the job at Sony. Now you're locked up for a bank robbery in New Jersey. What is going through your mind? Like, uh... At that moment, going through my mind, man, was I remember I remember just not being able to put the pieces together. Mm. Like I was so confused in my own head, man. Um, at that moment, I was so concerned with what people were thinking about me. I just kept thinking about like, what are they saying? You know, my girlfriend at the time, like, like, I just, I was trying to think <laughs> the best possible outcomes and manifest them mentally, man, at least mentally, if they weren't going to happen, because they weren't happening physically. Mm. You know? And I was just like, you know, I had to daydream, man, to keep my sanity. I had to literally daydream. I kept, yeah, it was a war going on in my head. Dang. So, um, what type? What type of feelings was that? Like, what type of feelings were surfacing from that? Uh, man, I started. I mean, I was blaming myself definitely, and then I was blaming like. I was going through the chain of events and I was I was I was just pointing a finger. 
Never, never like outwardly. Just in my head. Just like pointing the finger. Like, man, there was a lot of cursing going on in my head. I tell you that. Yeah. There's a lot of cursing. But man, a lot of it was, man, in the mirror. A lot of it was at myself, you know. And then you realize, you just start thinking about if I would have this one thing. If I would have stayed at my girlfriend's house. Yeah. I, I mean, if I would have gone to the went over there the other night, if I would have gone to eat breakfast, if I would, like, you just start thinking of all these little things, like these what ifs. What ifs? <laughs> those, yo, them what ifs, man. I can't tell you how many times those went through my mind as well. So, um, was there any um bail involved? I don't know what year. What year is this? Uh, two thousand twelve. Uh, definitely. So you, you, I'm pretty sure you had a bail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a, I had a bail. Uh, it was original, and I'm gonna say originally because it was some, you know, it changed. But originally it was a hundred thousand dollars. Hey. Yeah. And they're expecting you to just a uh, hundred thousand to get out. Uh, I mean, so you know, my understanding once I dove into it. Remember, this is my first time, so right, yeah. That, I mean, that's exactly what I thought. You know, uh, so there was a bail hearing, and my boy at the time, who's a lawyer, showed up to represent. Okay, and he argued you know, on behalf of me, but he was from New York. So the judge was like, well, listen, you're not even licensed over here in New Jersey. You could apply for this. Uh, you could pay a hundred dollars and get this license, like whatever. I don't know. But the, there was no argue, violent argument on my behalf, really. You know, um, even though it was like, you know, I got ties to the community. I got this, but the prosecution was able to say, listen, this guy is not from here. Uh, the nature of his crimes are serious. Um, which, you know, you know, I guess that's about default. And, you know, he's a flight risk, you know, because he's not from here. Um, so it didn't matter. That I didn't have a record or anything like that. Their, their concern was like, look, this guy may, may run if we let him out or if he could make whatever. So my understanding was that once I figured it out, oh, I think in the beginning there was, I had the option for 10%, uh, I think I had an option for 10%. So it would have been $10,000. So because I was actually trying to coordinate that like on the phones and stuff and just get that together so that they, I can get bonded out. Um, but before that happened, I was hit with a, like another charge, um, a whole nother situation. Uh, that wait, 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 wait. And wait, how, so how were you hit with another charge? Cause you're still incarcerated, right? At the time. Yeah. yeah. So basically the, the art, um, before I made it to the jail, so before okay. all of this happened, like that yeah. first day when I got um, arrested, right? Uh, when they did the interrogation, before I actually said I didn't want to speak anymore, while they were doing the interrogation, they were showing me pictures. And I'll be honest, they were showing me pictures of myself, which a lot I couldn't deny. And then they showed me pictures of someone who clearly wasn't me. The person had, you know, I, I feel like I've been saying this. I, every time I say this, you know, pardon me, bro, because I get like, you know, 
uh, I, I get angry. I still get angry about this because it's like it, I can understand if someone makes a mistake or they mistakenly say that a person is me and it's not me. But when right. it's known that they know, mm. you know, that's my thing. So this person had tattoos on in places that I didn't like. Like I have tattoos like that are clear, right. you know, on both of my arms, yes. right? So I have a birthmark. Okay. I have tattoos, you know. Right. Uh, you know. Yeah, and and this person had tattoos and like places where I didn't have tattoos. I had tattoos where he didn't have them. So I kept, during that interrogation, look, man, that's not me. It's clearly not me. I'm like, y'all serious? Y'all think that's me? And I remember he's like, man, put it on your grandmother. That is not you. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What? Put it on my grandmother? What are you talking about? First of all, how, what is going on? Like, bro, it was deep. I said, man, I'm not man. talking no more. I, I, I said, I want, a, I want a lawyer. I want to talk to y'all. So you're ending the, yeah, I'm ending it. All right. All right. Like, they got an attitude with me. So then few days later, one of the same guys shows up and gives me the charge sheet. You're being charged with um, a robbery, blah, blah, blah. You know, I went down. I didn't say anything. All right. Come back upstairs. I'm really looking at it. Like, wait a minute. Bro, I was in Chicago this day. Like, I was in back in Chicago. I was in Chicago. Um, I'm a musician. I was actually playing at someone's wedding. Like, and I was like, whoa, I'm on the phone, my boy. Yo, they saying I did this, da da da. Man, I'm like, don't worry about it, man. There's it's, it's no way that that's gonna. But what that did was that increased my bail. That was a no 10%. That's what, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it increased my bail then, yeah. What? Damn. So, what the? F so you just, you fighting something that, so you fighting something that's not even yours now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm finding something that's not even mine, and I'll fast forward, bro, because I mean, we don't even got to, yeah. you know, uh, you know. I could, I'll tell you the end of it. You know, right. the in, the ending was like that charge never left. You know, I went to, to I, 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 they said the only way the prosecutor said the only way that that charge would be dropped is if you take it to trial, because they 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 group that charge with the let's just call it the like valid charge. And they wouldn't sever it. And I'm like, no, man, I'll take oh, what right. I did. I'll take what I did. I'm not taking what I didn't do. It's like, no, nah, well, you right. got to go to trial. So I was like, well, fine. I'll go to trial then. I'll go to trial. I'll risk I'll risk whatever they're going to give me for that just to say I didn't do that. And then, of course, that trial, the judge, the judge has to um, make you aware of the time right. you're facing it was it was man it was such a, a kangaroo court man it was so it was such a game man you know he's he's talking he's like got a little board thing it's like well this plus this and the, with this charge and this charge you know uh, uh facing life with mandatory minimum um well parole and eligibility of 33 and a third half years yeah so it was like I'm sorry, I said 33. It was 33 and a third of years. Of year, yeah. Okay. Before being eligible for parole. But it was a life sentence. So, Dang. you know, and it, 
I, I signed them papers, man. I signed them papers because I, I, I was just like, man, there's no way that when people look at this, man, they're going to, you know. Right. And then and then it, it didn't end that way. You know, um, I was promised, I, you know, with the help of the attorney. Hey, man, look. Um, there is an option for you. You don't have a record. You can, you know, apply for this diversionary program. But you have to sign a plea deal for that charge, and they'll drop it down from a first degree to a second degree, which my which my charge was. My charge was a second degree. This charge they added was a first degree. Mm. And I'm like, why well, do I have to sign that to even get that? And I didn't do it. I was like, well, that's the only way it's gonna happen right now. You sign that plea deal, then you'll be able to apply for the program, which I felt was like bogus and illegal. Like you're making me cop out to apply for a program that's not guaranteed. And what happens if I'm not, you know, so by God's grace, I signed that deal and I was accepted into the diversionary program. Okay. Only for the judge to deny me. He didn't even deny me at the, at the sentencing. He said, I need, I need to think about this over the weekend. And then when Monday happened, we went, came back to court and he said, look, I'm not, I can't give I can't give you the program. Everyone else, they let me in. You know, they had assessed me. They said my history, you know, uh, growing up with uh, both my parents. And they said, you, they pretty much said, look, you like the perfect candidate. You know? Right. Um, it just didn't work out that way. Nah. And nah. so, um, so um, what, what led to, um, doing time in prison because I'm pretty sure you're still in jail. So what led to prison? Uh, what do you mean? Like, um, you mean I like then, I signed um, a deal or what do you mean? Yeah. Like, um, well, walk us through like, um, basically, are right, you charged with the bank robbery? So how did it go with copping out doing the time? What were you, you know, the facing? All right. So like, yeah, yeah. All right. So like just in general, like my charge, um, was, I think up to like a maximum of 10 years that I was facing. When they added this additional charge, it went to a maximum of 20 years. When I copped out, uh, the t the deal that I signed was for 10 years. And I was fighting for three years in the jail, like 36 months. Mm. And uh, once everything, once, once that fight was kind of over and I got sentenced, I got shipped down to prison at about like the 30, I think it was about 34, 35 months. So almost three years. And you, you a math guy, man. Like, give us the statistics on that, man. Like, what, what was, how many, how many, how many days, man? How many months? How many? Give us the statistics on those, man. That. Yeah. So, so, okay, you catching me off guard, but I, I, I got <laughs> it committed to memory, like the number of days. So it was two thousand four hundred and eighty-three days, right? Man. And, um, yeah. 2,483 days. I didn't count days at all. I just knew okay. that that was the number of days. I never counted. I never marked off. I never did anything. Right. But what I did do one time was calculate. I mean, I just had to calculate like, yo, let me like put a comparison because I was asked once like, well, how are you so like close? And this is, this is after I got out. Like somebody asked me, how are you so close with people that you were locked up with? Like, like, how do you, and I said, well, you don't understand that 
It's like you and your friends. How much time do you spend with your friends? And then, you know, it'd be like, well, like every weekend maybe or two days throughout the week. And then those those days, how for how many hours? Oh, maybe a few hours. But sometimes it might be half a day. Okay, so 12 hours. I said, well, when you locked up, it's 24 hours. It's 24 hours. And Lord knows if you get a bunkie that you kind of vibe with, that's a whole different, you know, story. Like you actually right. bond, you're going to bond. You you see a person at their lowest. You see a person when they're happy, you start to catch their uh, emotional uh, swings. Like you actually start caring about people. I mean, that's me myself, you know, when you're yeah. there that long and for that amount of time, like I say, 24 seven, and then multiply the number of years, you know, that you're spending, you know, with these people. So, I had to explain. That's why. So I did. I was like, man, let me see how much time like this really this really is. So, um, and I got it on um, <laughs> on the on the computer. It's like, so it was two thousand four hundred eighty three days. Okay, and that was however many months, however many weeks, you know. But I want to say how much time. How could I compare it to help someone understand? So I remember working and. Um, and I, I mentioned this in another video, like, you know, I was going through like my vacation time. Like I felt like they had taken some of my vacation time, but they hadn't given me my proper time. So I'm doing all these calculations. Okay, I learned, okay, so it's 2,080 uh, work hours in a year. I'm like, well, I wonder how many hours, like working hours is this, right? And it came up to like over 60,000 hours. And I said, well, how many years would that equal? And it was like 20, like almost 30 years of working years. Like the amount of time spent in prison, if put into the, you know, a, a, a situation where you're in, right. like, free and you're working right. eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, it comes out to like 28, 29 years of working. Oh, That's like man. most people been retired by then. Right, right, right. It's just a perspective of time, man. Yeah. It's an eye-opener. Yeah, man. Like, it's a whole new way to kind of look at it, too, man. It's like, a, you know, and, and, and it's a whole bunch of other ways you can look at it for perspective. Because some people that yeah. may not understand that way, but it's a lot of different ways you can divvy up those hours and, and be like, man, that's crazy. So um, what were the, what were the couple of things that um you say that helped you pass time in prison? doing 2000 you know days like uh man some of the obvious things man i, I really seized the opportunity to read a lot um okay so i was always in a book man right crazy thing is man i didn't read that much when i was in the free world right it took me coming it took me going to prison to like say okay pick this book up and actually dive into it and it became addictive for me like yeah. I, like I was in books where I didn't want to do anything else. And then obviously the physical conditioning, you know, I used to try, you know, we used to play ball together. You know what I mean? Uh, hey. <laughs> but, uh, it's intense games, man. Yeah, oh man, some intense games, but, uh, absolutely, man. Like, uh, working out and writing. Um, I, 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 I started like developing a craft to write. Um, 
I wrote a few books. I wrote a screenplay. I wrote a lot of poetry. And that literally helped my time go by, man. And 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 business plans. I wrote a lot of business plans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so um coming towards the end of um, you know, your prison term, um, what were the thoughts, you know, going through as in like how did you feel you would be able to mend back with the free world, you know what I mean? Like just to come back out something that you've been missing for so long now, like uh, what were the feelings of anxiety or, you know what I mean? What was going through? Yeah, like, okay, so one side of me was always like, oh, I'm not gonna have no problem mending because, you know, I, I honestly felt like I hadn't lost any type of ability okay. to interact. Right. But then there was anxiety, like a lot of it, like, that butterfly type thing, you know? Oh man, so like you hear all of these stories about when people get out and then you hear about people that have been locked up for so long. And I'm like, well, have I been locked up so long that I don't even realize that, mm. I'm, that, I'm, that I'm off? Or am I just like lying to myself? Like, you know, anxiety was on 100, bro. In terms of like, I just wanted people to accept me when I got back. I, I didn't want people to even look at, like, it's not even realistic. It's not realistic for people to look at me and not be like, oh, you know, there's the convicted the convicted felon guy. There's the prison guy. Yeah. Um, but I was, I, I'm like, nah, I don't want nobody to look at me like that. I don't want nobody to know about it. What? Like, I just want to be same old Stevie. And I want it to go back to normal just like that, you know? I had a thought that like, ah, I really, I didn't, like, man, this is me then, right? I didn't yeah. directly hurt anyone, you know? That was my thing, like, I didn't directly hurt anybody. You know, that was like my justification, right? They might've been indirectly hurt, but I didn't directly hurt anybody. You know, I was trying to do whatever I felt I had to do at the time. And if anybody had those same pressures, they would probably do the same thing. That was like my, bro, like, like honest, honest, I was thinking, but I was so nervous, man, about being looked at, you know, like that, like, like right, the, right, right. the woman, the woman, the, the white woman <laughs> taking her, her yeah. purse and bringing it up close yeah, to yeah. her, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, and that's not me at all. It's not me at all. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm like, man, all this time, is it going to be different? Am I about to go back to it? And I knew a lot of things had changed. I knew, like, a few people had moved on in their lives. Like, I just knew I was coming back to a whole different layout of life. And I was like, I'm willing to, like, accept it and do whatever I had to do to continue to move forward. You know? So, a Upon um release, uh, was it just over after that or? Nah, nah, man, nah, nah, man. You know it wasn't over. You know there's no way that seven years is just over. Right. <laughs> nah, I had parole, mandatory parole, and the, and and so I was supposed to be released June twenty fourth. Okay, June twenty fourth, I was supposed to be released. My Parole transferred 
back to my home state of Illinois so I can go back to Chicago. But it took 45 days for that to actually happen. So my brothers had come to pick me up from prison. That was like the that was like one of the most beautiful moments that I've, I've had even up to this day. You know, just seeing because when I when I went in, they were they were little. You know, mm. when I went in, man, they were little. You know, and uh, you know they weren't driving or anything like that. And here they are to pick me up. Right, grown, grown men. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, they had to go back home without me because of my parole situation. And it was something that you know, honestly, man, I was I was warned about. When I look back, I was warned about it. Like mm-hmm. when I was making this argument about, you know, hey, is it just because I'm the color of my skin that y'all keeping this charge on me? It's like you know, it's not me. And all these different things, and people would try to taper my emotions and things I would say, and because I, I, it was at one point, man, I was writing letters like to everybody. This might make it difficult for you. What do you mean, might make it difficult for me? What does that mean? Like I don't know what that means. It's already difficult. Um, so then, you know, because I, I was in the halfway house before I got released, like maybe okay. a few months beforehand. You can work, save money, but all that money was gone. About in 45 days, all spent in the hotel. And it wasn't like no $40 hotel. It was like a $120 night hotel just because parole had me in this particular account and I couldn't go outside of these bounds. I didn't have a vehicle. I had to be able to, you know, do what I had to do. It was just so like, I said, well, y'all. No assistance? No assistance. I said, well, why don't y'all put me back in? Until it, until it, they said, well, we can't. We can't. You've maxed out. I said, well, can you put me in a in a in a in a halfway back or something? What do you I, yeah, something? You know, nah, sir. It was listen, man, it was a real like, you know, something has to be done about that. I'm hoping speaking out about it. I hope I have the means to we have the means to do something, bring awareness right. and all of that, man, because it just is not it's not just me. I know it's not. But um any of us. 45 days, man, I, I finally get get on the train. Get on the train. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Money money spent, exhausted. My uh, cousin bought me a, a train ticket, got on the Amtrak, took the Amtrak. T- uh, they gave me like a few hours to get home. Not a few hours, but they gave me a window to get the report to Illinois. was on that yeah. train ride. It was, it was a, so beautiful, bro, the train ride. Like just, I'm looking at like grass and I'm just like, my eyes watering up. Looking at grass. Appreciation. Appreciate yeah, like right there. Appreciation. Appreciate what what other feelings? Uh gratitude that I'm still breathing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh cause I cause I, I I went in with people that didn't I went I literally went in with people that literally didn't come out. Like that's something I used to it's like I, I don't believe that I even am able to say that. It's like uh, two people, are, that's too many. That's too many. Like, that's not supposed to happen and how it happened, you know. But yeah. um, gratitude, uh, love, 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 right? Love, right? That's That, that was a focus of mine then. And I'm not going to lie, you know, 
it still is. It's tapered off a little bit, but love and why it was because it was this group of man, these people that they used to come into the halfway house. I was released from the halfway house. These people would come in with their own time. Um, and and they were trying, they they would face so much difficulty in coming to see the brothers that wanted to go um to have, you know, uh studies with them, Bible study. And this 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 guy named Hector, Mr. Hector, he gave the definition of love. Right? And the definition of love that he gave, he made us write it down too. But I, I remembered it. Like I remembered it right then and there. And it goes, love is the commitment of your will to the best interests and needs to another, no matter the cost to you. Mm. It's like love is the commitment of your will to the best interests and needs to another, no matter the cost to you. So when he first said it, of course, I'm inside. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down and I'm like, man, this is where I've loved in my life and this is where I have not loved, you know, and it's been a gauge for me, you know. And, and but that train ride, bro, I'm feeling all of these emotions, feeling all, and I'm excited to get back. I'm I'm excited to get to the uh, Union Station in downtown Chicago. I'm excited hey. to get there. You know what I'm saying? So getting back to um, Grandma, man, how did that how did that feel? Like you know, embracing her. You know what I mean? Like that 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 hug, you know what I mean? Like, how did that, like, right there, like, what were the things that was going through as far as, like, did you ever feel like, you know, you was letting her down or, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah, coming yeah. back to reality, like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, not felt like, I did. I did let her down. I did let her down. Because mm -hmm. the situation, uh, instead of, the instead of, uh, instead of, what might have been intended to make a situation better, it made it worse. You know what I mean? And a lot was lost. A lot was lost. You know what I'm saying? Um, seeing her, though, you know, it was a lot of crying, man. Like, yeah. you know, usually I could explain my crying. Like, I could explain it. Tears coming, you know what I mean? Like, oh, happy. But it wasn't even like just, oh, just happy just to be back. It wasn't even that. It's like just unexplained. Like I felt mm -hmm. the all those years when I was hugging her, I felt all of those years. You know, she yeah. was a different woman when I got back. She was different. She had got sick. She had got, you know, a lot of stuff happened to her. You know? Dang. It was I felt all them years of pain that was allowed to happen. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if I was there, it wouldn't have happened. So it was it's kind of a hard too. burden to hold to hold though. You know it I mean? is, man. It is, it is. And and it's something that she don't, she's not with that at all, man. She's not yeah. with that at all. Imagine. She's very she 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 if she was in her right mind right now, she would be telling me, like, you know, you know, don't worry about her. You know, worry about today me and do the best that I can today and that's it don't even worry about mm. what you didn't do 
what you didn't do, right. what you failed to do, and how you even know that you were supposed to do it. You know, that was her approach. That's her approach even now, man. She just, like, wisdom, you know. Yeah. The best you could do. Do the best you could do, man. And then that's, that's it, you know. Right. So with that being said, like, you know, basically, like, overcoming all of this, even though, you know, there's certain things that's still going on, um, what 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 advice would you give to um anybody viewing this or any young man or woman going through these situations similar non-similar whatever the case may be like what advice would you said yeah uh honestly man what 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 she just yeah honestly what she just would always tell me that i just said you know okay. do your do your best but not not yeah. just like to say i did my best I'm talking your very best. Like, mm. exert your energy, right? You know, what did Muhammad Ali say when, how did he do his, like, how did he count? How did he count his reps, right? He didn't start counting his reps until he was at failure. Mm. So, it's like, <laughs> how many pushes you can do? A hundred, right? That same a hundred that you saying you could do, I'm a, my count gonna be like nine. Right. I'm gonna be nine because I'm I'm not counting that. That don't count. It don't matter. That's not my very matter. like just to get to that. No, your very best, man. And honestly, man, um, this is this is the this is true advice, man. Like being in being in the situation right now, in the circumstances right now, with relationships, uh, with legal, with family, communication. And awareness of mental health. I don't care what nobody say, man. Your mental health is so important. If mental health was a priority in, in, in many communities, especially our community, that would directly affect the incarceration rate. And I'm not even a scientist or anything, but I, I, I put my life on that. If mental health was a front of mind thing, so many issues will be avoided, especially with interfacing with the incarceration system or the prison industry or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 And I think, not even I think, I know that is something that we're going to bring to the table. That's going to be different off the bat, man. Just yeah. showing people that, you know, it's, it, it, it's not just about sharing your story. It's more so for other people to see so you get that kind of a glimpse, like, like if I touch the stove and it's hot and I'm like, damn, I'm getting affected by it. I, I hope you don't do the same thing I just did. Right. You know what I mean? So like, this is definitely a, a great interview. You know what I mean? Like definitely needed to touch base on this. Appreciate you and everything that you had to say. I hope people really like dive into this and really take away from what matters instead of trying to add on anything because we're not here to try to destroy each other's lives. We're here to build, you know what I mean? So definitely appreciate you, man. Other half of prisoners, man. This is definitely going to be a good thing, a great thing. And it's going to yeah. bring this awareness up, man.